This is the actual part six of Ricky Ticky Tavi. Um, I accidentally labeled the last one part six when it was actually part five. Um, this is by Rudyard Kipling. And the last that we had read, Ricky Ticky killed the great cobra Nag. And, um, well, helped kill the great cobra Nag. Uh, the father had come in when Ricky was fighting him and uh, shot Nag. We'll continue from there. Without waiting for breakfast, Ricky Tiki ran to the thorn bush where Darzi was singing a song of triumph at the top of his voice. The news of Nag's death was all over the garden, for the sweeper had thrown the body on the rubbish heap. Oh, you stupid tuft of feathers, said Ricky Tiki angrily. Is this the time to sing? Nag is dead, Nag is dead, 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 sang Darzi. The valiant Ricky Ticky caught him by the head and held fast. The big man brought the bang stick and Nag fell in two pieces. He will never eat my babies again. All that is true enough, but where is Nagina? said Ricky Ticky, looking carefully around him. Nagina came to the bathroom sluice and called for Nag, Darzy went on. And Nag came out at the end of a stick. The sweeper picked him up on the end of a stick and threw him upon the rubbish heap. Let us sing about the great, the red-eyed Rikki-Tikki. And Darzee filled his throat and sang. If only I could get up to your nest, I'd roll your babies out, said Rikki-Tikki. You don't know when, uh, when to do the right thing at the right time. You're safe enough in your nest there. But it's war for me down here. Stop singing a minute, Darzy. For the great, the beautiful Ricky Ticky's sake, I will stop, said Darzy. What is it, O oh killer of the terrible nag? Where is Nagina for the third time? On the rubbish heap by the stables, mourning for nag. Great is Ricky Ticky with the white teeth. Bother my white teeth. Have you ever heard where she keeps her eggs? In the melon bed, on the nearest, uh, on the end nearest the wall, where the sun strikes nearly all day. She hid them there weeks ago. And you never thought it worthwhile to tell me? The end near, nearest the wall, you said? Ricky Ticky, you're not going to eat her eggs. Not exactly. No, Darzy. If you have a grain of sense, you will fly off to the stable and pretend that your wing is broken and let Nagina chase you away to this bush. I must get to the melon bed, and if I went there now, she'd see me. Darzy was a feather-brained little fellow who could never hold more than one idea at a time in his head. And just because he knew that Nagina's children were born in eggs like his own, he didn't think at first that it was fair to kill them. But his wife was a sensible bird, and she knew that cobra's eggs meant young cobras later on. And so she flew off from the nest and left Darzee to keep the babies warm and continued his song about the death of Nag. Darzee was very like a man, in some ways. 
She fluttered in front of Nagina by the rubbish heap and cried out, Oh, my wing is broken. The boy in the house threw a stone at me and broke it. Then she fluttered more desperately than ever. Nagina lifted up her head and hissed. You warned Ricky Ticky when I would have killed him. Indeed and truly, you've chosen a bad place to be lame in. And she moved toward Darcy's wife, slipping along over the dust. The boy broke it with a stone, shrieked Darcy's wife. Well, it may be some consolation to you when you're dead to know that I shall settle accounts with the boy. My husband lies on the rubbish heap this morning, but before night the boy in the house will lie very still. What is the use of running away? I'm sure to catch you, little fool. Look at me. Darzee's wife knew better than to do that, for a bird who looks at a snake's eyes gets so frightened that she cannot move. Darzee's wife fluttered on, piping sorrowfully and never leaving the ground, and Nagina quickened her pace. Rikki-Tikki heard them going up the path from the stables, and he raced for the end of the melon patch near the wall. There, in the warm litter about the melons, very cunningly hidden, hidden, he found 25 eggs, about the size of a bantam's eggs, but with whitish skin instead of shell. I was not a day too soon, he said, for he could see the baby cobras curled up inside the skin, and he knew that the minute that they were hatched, they could kill a man or a mongoose. He bit off the tops of the eggs as fast as he could, taking care to crush the young cobras, and turned over the litter from time to time to see whether he had missed any. At last there were only three eggs left, and Ricky Ticky began to chuckle to himself when he heard Darzee's wife screaming, Ricky Ticky, I led Nagina toward the house, and she has gone into the veranda, and oh, come quickly, she means killing. <clears throat> Rikki-Tikki smashed two eggs and tumbled backward down the melon bed with the third egg in his mouth and scuttled toward the veranda as hard as he could, put foot to the ground. Teddy and his mother and father were there at the breakfast, but Rikki-Tikki saw that they were not eating anything. They sat stone still and their faces were white. Nagina was coiled up on the matting by Teddy's chair within easy striking distance of Teddy's bare leg, and she was swaying to and fro, singing a song of triumph. <clears throat> Son of the big man that killed Nag, she hissed, stay still. I am not ready yet. Wait a little. Keep very still, all of you three. If you move, I strike. And if you do not move, I strike. Oh, foolish people who killed my nag. Teddy's eyes were fixed on his father, and all his father could do was to whisper, Sit still, Teddy. You mustn't move. Teddy, keep still. Then Ricky Ticky came up and cried, Turn around, Nagina, and fight. <clears throat> all in good time, she said without moving her eyes. I will settle my account with you presently. 
Look at your friends, Ricky Ticky. They are still and white. They are afraid. They dare not move, and if you come a step closer, I strike. Look at your eggs, said Ricky Ticky, in the melon bed near the wall. Go and look, Nagina. The big snake turned half around and saw the egg on the veranda. Ah, oh, give it to me, she said. Ricky Ticky put his paws, one on each side of the egg, and his eyes were blood red. What price for a snake's eggs? For a young cobra? For a young king cobra? For the last, very last of the brood? The ants are all eating their others down by the melon bed. Nagina spun clear around, forgetting everything for the sake of the one egg, and Ricky Ticky saw Teddy's father shoot out a big hand, catch Teddy by the shoulder, and drag him across the little table with the teacups, safe and out of reach of Nagina. Tricked! 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 Rick tick tick! chuckled Ricky Ticky. The boy is safe, and it was I. <clears throat> the boy is safe, and it was I, 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 that caught Nag by the hood last night in the bathroom. Then he began to jump up and down, all four feet together, his head close to the floor. He threw me to and fro, but he could not shake me off. He was dead before the big man could blow him in two. I did it. Rick, tick, tick, tick. Come then, Nagina, come fight with me. You shall, <clears throat> you shall not be... A widow long. Nagina saw that she had lost her chance of killing Teddy, and the egg lay between Ricky Ticky's paws. Give me that egg, Ricky Ticky. Give me the last of my eggs, and I will go away and never come back, she said, lowering her hood. Yes, you will go away, and you will never come back, for you will go to the rubbish heap with Nag. Fight, widow. The big man has gone for his gun. Fight! Ricky Ticky was bounding all around Nagina, keeping just out of reach of her stroke, his little eyes like hot coals. Nagina gathered herself together and flung out at him. Ricky Ticky jumped up and backward. Again and again and again she struck, and each time her head came with a, uh, with a whack on the matting of the veranda, and she gathered herself together like a watch spring. Then Ricky Ticky danced in a circle to get up behind her, and Nagina spun around to keep her head head to his head, so that the rustle of her tail was on the matting sound on the matting sounded like dry leaves blown along by the wind. He had forgotten the egg. It lay still on the veranda, and Nagina came nearer and nearer to it. Until at last, while Ricky Ticky was drawing a breath, she caught it in her mouth, turned to the veranda steps and flew like an arrow down the path with Ricky Ticky behind her. When the cobra runs for her life, she goes like a whiplash flicked across a horse's neck. <clears throat> Ricky Ticky knew that he must catch her or all the trouble would begin again. She headed straight for the long grass by the thorn bush and as he was running, Ricky Ticky heard Darzee still singing his foolish little song of triumph. But Darzee's wife was wiser. She flew off her nest as, Nagzi as Nagina came along and flapped her wings about Nagina's head. If Darzee had helped, they might have turned her. But Nagina only lowered her hood and went on.
Still, the instant de- instant's delay brought Ricky Ticky up to her, and as she plunged into the rat hole where she and Nag used to live, his little white teeth were clenched on her tail, and went down, and he went down with her. And very few mongooses, however wise and old they may be, care to follow a cobra into its hole. It was dark in the hole, and Ricky Ticky never knew when it might open out and give Nagina room to turn around and strike at him. He held on savagely and and struck out his foot as, as sorry, and struck out his feet to act as brakes on the dark slope of the hot, moist earth. Then the grass by the mouth of the hole stopped waving, and Darzee said, It is all over with Ricky Ticky. We must sing his death song. Valiant Ricky Ticky is dead, for Nagina will surely kill him underground. So he sang a very mournful song that he made up on the spur of the minute. And just as he got to the most touching part, the grass quivered again, and Ricky Ticky, covered with dirt, dragged himself out of the hole, leg by leg, licking his whiskers. Darzee stopped with a little shout. Ricky Ticky! Uh, sorry, Ricky Ticky shook off some of the dust of his fur and sneezed. It's all over, he said. The widow will never come out again. And the red ants that live between the grass stems heard him and began to troop down one after another to see if he had spoken the truth. Ricky Ticky curled himself up in the grass and slept where he was, slept and slept until it was late in the afternoon, for he had done a hard day's work. Now, he said when he awoke, I will go back to the house. Tell the coppersmith, Darzee, and uh, so tell the coppersmith, Darzee, and he will tell the garden that Nagina is dead. The coppersmith is a bird who makes a noise exactly like the beating of a little hammer on his copper pot, and the reason he is always making it is because he is the town crier to every Indian garden and tells all the news to everybody who cares to listen. As Ricky Ticky went up the path, he heard his attention, notes, and tiny little dinner gong, and then the steady ding dong tuck. Nag is dead. Dong, Nagina is dead. Ding dong tuck. That set all the birds in the garden singing and the frogs croaking, for Nag and Nagina used to eat frogs as well as little birds. When Ricky got to the house, Teddy and Teddy's mother, she still looked very white, for she had been fainting, and Teddy's father came out to the, uh, came out and almost cried over him. That, and that night he ate all that was given to him, that he could eat no more, and went to bed on Teddy's shoulder, where Teddy's mother <clears throat> saw him when she came to look late at night. He saved our lives and Teddy's life, she said to her husband. Just think, he saved all our lives. Ricky Ticky woke up with a jump, for all the mongooses are light sleepers. Oh, it's you, said he. What are you bothering for? 
All the cobras are dead. And if they weren't, I'm here. Ricky Ticky had a right to be proud of himself, but he did not grow too proud, and he kept that garden as a mongoose should keep it, with tooth and jump and spring and bite, till never a cobra dared show, show its head inside the walls. At the end of the book, there's a little song. It's Darzee's Chant sung in honor of Ricky Ticky Tabby. Singer and tailor am I, doubled the joys that I know, proud of my lilt through the sky, proud of the house that I sew, over and under, so weave my music, so weave I ha the house that I sew. Sing to your fledglings again, mother, oh, lift up your head. Evil that plagued us is slain, Death in the garden lies dead. Terror that hid in the roses is important. Impotent. Flung on the dunghill and dead. Who hath delivered us? Who? Tell, tell me his nest and his name. Ricky the valiant, the true. Ticky with eyeballs of flame. Ricky, Ricky ticky, ticky. The ivory fanged, the hunter with eyeballs of flame. Give him the thanks of the birds, bowing with tail feathers spread. Praise him with nightingale words. Nay, I will praise him instead. Here I will sing you the praise of the bottle-tailed Ricky with eyeballs of red. Here, Ricky Ticky interrupted, and the rest of the song is lost. The end.